everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Well, I'd be better if I didn't have to, you know, deal with this episode. If I didn't have to ever think about this episode, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My day was more pleasant until the... up. Uh, uh, I would say I was more pleasant, but then I knew I was going to have to watch it, and then I was like, mm, I was dreading it. And... And you turned out to be right. Congratulations. I mean, all the signs are there. Everyone has been talking about this episode in, in the, on the Patreon for weeks now about how I'm talking about like it's like a like it's a, a hurricane approaching through the ocean, like it's a Category Five hurricane, and we just got to watch out, batten down the hatches. Hi, hello. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to Patreon.com/slash The Simpsons Show for only two dollars a month. Get access to all of our bonus podcast five dollars a month get access to new episodes early old episodes that fall off the main feed plus every, like everything it's the best deal in podcasting i've said that before i'll say it again um this week's episode might as well get to it um flaming mo episode nabfo4 originally aired january 16th 2011 written by matt selman directed by chuck sheets received a 3.7 rating with 6.4 million viewers the couch gag the couch is a bowl and arm releases five scoops of ice cream resembling the Simpsons and then tops it with chocolate syrup with cream and a cherry. Santa's little helper comes and eats the sundae and burps. It's the best thing in the episode. Not a high bar, but it is the best thing in the episode. Oh, by far, unfortunately. Because yeah. it's just, you know, it's just fun little, oh, look, Santa's little helper eating some Simpsons shaped ice cream. Isn't that cute? Um, The episode of guest stars. Strangely, like this episode is a a bizarre thing, uh, and like Allison Hannigan as Melody Juniper, Kristen Wiig as Calliope Juniper, and Scott Thompson as Grady. I like uh, I, Scott yeah. Scott Thompson, Kids in the Hall, all time great sketch sketch comedy uh, show. No problem with Scott Thompson, the man, and as a performer. Uh, he certainly didn't write Grady, so I don't blame him for any of this. Um, I think I'm just going to say this, Matt, right off the top. Before we get into the details of this plot, this episode as a whole is incredibly wrong-headed. I, yeah, well, okay. So I think one of the biggest problems I have with this episode is that it takes the attitude that gay people are kind of dumb and wouldn't <laughs> notice that Mo is not gay. And I think that's one of my big problems with it. That's not my problem, Matt. I mean, it's a problem. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's a problem. Among many problems with this episode. The I think the only like positive thing about it is that it is stays on topic. I think. Once it gets to Mo, it mostly just is about that, right? It never That's true. It yeah. never veers off. It never follows. We don't have eight different plots in this episode. Maybe the episode would be better if it had eight different plots. But that's the only kind of n- nice thing I can say about it. Uh, but the episode as a whole is incredibly wrong-headed. And I don't know. I, I, I try and be as, as, I don't know, generous to the Simpsons creatives as I can. I don't think that the people who wrote this episode are homophobic or transphobic, even though if you watch this episode, you might think differently because it certainly seems like they're both. Yeah. 
You watch this episode, you go, oh, wow, people are with this. They're homophobic. They're transphobic. It certainly seems that way. I try and be generous and say, oh, they just did a bad job, right? They just didn't, like, sure, this episode came out a decade ago, decade plus, and we have made leaps and bounds growth about how both gay people, you know, LG, the whole LG, LGBTQ plus, the whole ever, the whole rainbow, the whole spectrum, how we are, how they are presented and represented in on television. We've made leaps and bounds, but it's not like it was fifty years ago. This was ten years ago, <laughs> and you like. I want to be generous and say, like, oh, they just did a really bad job. They want to do it. They want to be nice and, like, be representative and show these people as people. They just, but they just did a really bad job. That's me being generous, right? I don't want to just be mean and angry at the people who make the show all the time, even though it feels like I am. Uh, But... If I am being that generous and just saying, oh, they just did a poor job at portraying gay people, queer people of all kinds, uh, I I can still say this episode is incredibly wrong-headed um, and offensive. <laughs> like, it's... it's not- it's, it's like it doesn't it you don't have to be a genius to recognize it uh it, it just doesn't it like it's still it's there's moments where it's really gross there's moments where it's as me as just a pretty mostly vanilla cis white hetero dude i'm still like wow that's awful that's an awful thing you just put on your television show the simpsons why would you do that uh so I'm not going to – I will only speak from my own sensibilities. I we w- I will get into the main thing I think is wrongheaded, um, but that is not discounting the many other things that are wrong with this episode. The characterizations of all kinds of gay and queer people, the really, really hacky, really pathetic jokes, quote-unquote jokes. Oh, jokes. Not jokes close hey matt did you laugh at anything in this episode no no i did not i can't recall laughing at a single thing i i think i like there was a moment i will actually we're gonna this is gonna be a little bit of, a little bit of a tease for later because I, I will call out the one thing that i thought was cute it wasn't funny i don't even think i smirked but i went hmm I think that there's one moment in this that is not related to the a plot either is the skinner stuff so there you go and we're going to breeze by a lot of things. Just let it let it be known that anything we don't mention is probably just full of hacky uh, jokes, you know, that are... Yes, that, oh my God. There's lots of them. We're not going to mention them all. Um, so we start off with the late shift workers, who are like bizarro versions of Homer, Carl, and Lenny. Homer and Carl and Lenny are coming in. They get into like a fight. Like it's a gang. Like this is uh, West Side Story. Like, I don't know what the Simpsons are doing. Like, they just have a lot of these lately where we have, like, yeah. these weird pseudo, like, West Side Story or, like, Western-style brawls. Um, but there's a brawl between the late shift and the and the morning shift. And Smithers goes to Burns to talk, talk about it. But we this is all to get to Burn. This Again, I will say that there are, like, three different inciting incidents to this. It takes a while to get to what this episode actually is about. Um, Burns is signing his will. Blue-haired lawyer is there. Um, 
burns, uh, signs his will, and then quickly becomes deranged and thinks he's a dinosaur. Smithers comes back later in the night, breaks into, the, I guess he doesn't break into the plant, he just can go in. Um, or does he go in and burn his mansion? I don't remember, doesn't matter. Um, he, he sneaks in and looks through Burns' will. Don't worry, this doesn't matter. Of course not. This will stuff, this to me is much more interesting. The Smithers character stuff, his relationship with Burns, much more interesting to me than anything that happens later in this episode, but it gets forgotten. Um, they revisit it one time, like halfway through, and then it's forgotten again. Um, Smithers looks through the will, he wants to know if he's in it. He's not. And he gets upset about it. Um, and then he... I forgot to pull my clip. Okay, there we go. Um, he uh, confronts Mr. Burns about it. I'm your right-hand man. You're... Sir, how could you leave me out of your will? I'm your right-hand man. Your guy Friday. Smithers, you are the campiest of my aides de camp. But I'm afraid my true admiration is reserved for the self-made man. No, Steve Wozniak thee. So... You don't respect me. No, not until you earn it. Until then, I will never see you as my equal. Okay. I don't know what that has to do with the will. Uh, yeah, it, it's like... My biggest problem with this is that Burns would never put Smithers in his will. We've already seen that Mr. Burns plans to have Smithers killed and put in his coffin. So this is this is just a stupid reason to have Smithers go out and, and start this business. Like, why not just have him be like, oh... Like you, you can skip this. Just have Smithers try to go to the club and not be let in. You don't need this weird motivation for him. See, you could do that, Matt, but then that just gets us to the other plot faster, and I don't like the other plot. So the other plot is awful. It's oh boy. So okay, so now we get we're getting to the A plot here because Smithers is now sad. Uh, I don't know why this is not change. This is not news. Burns doesn't clearly doesn't respect him. If if this led to oh Smithers realizing oh I'm not being respected by this man who I you know idolize or love in some ways uh, they have yet to they they tried to do you remember that newer episode like from I don't know two seasons ago where they had to try and have like Smithers have a come to Jesus moment about his love for Burns and how it's never going to be reciprocated and all that stuff and how it was mm-hmm. bad. It's like they just yep. don't they don't know what to do. Um, so Smithers has a sad walk to the very stereotypical gay bar. Uh, he's denied entry because he's not uh, sexy, I guess. I guess he's dressed like, you know, he's dressed like his business clothes. Um, he's not wearing club wear, which I guess it makes certain kind of sense. If you're going to like a late night club. Yeah, you're. It, there, some clubs do have expectations. You're gonna should be dressed nice. I don't like. I I I don't really. I I don't find this super objectionable. <laughs> like, you, I, why would Smithers be expected to be gained entry into a nightclub that where you're supposed to be dressed up? He's wearing business casual clothes. Whatever. He's sad because he's denied entry, and then immediately across the street from this gay bar, gay nightclub, is Moe's. He goes into Moe's, and the place is empty. I guess Barney's in there somewhere, because we see Barney pop up. But uh, Smithers sees, oh, I got in here. It's basically empty. Why don't he has this idea? You know, why don't we have a, 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 a gay bar that does let anyone in? 
right? Not just, oh, you don't have to be super fashionable. You don't have to be sexy. You don't have to be ripped or shredded. You can be anybody, and you can come to the bar. Uh, so he talks to Mo about it. Business is slow, huh? Yeah. Frankly, I'm surprised you're not across the street where they drink for fun instead of here where a horrible addiction compels you. They won't let me in. No one wants an executive assistant who only works out six hours a day. If only this town had a men's bar for the average-looking fellow. True admiration. Self-made man. Kill the other two heads. True admiration. Self-made man. Kill them before they suspect. Suspect what? Huh? Huh? Listen, what if I helped you turn this bar into a hangout for guys like me? Uh Uh-huh. Just so it's clear what I'm proposing, the men I'm talking about are... Uh, whoa, 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 uh, no offense, uh, but, uh, I just ain't comfortable hanging around all night with, uh, you know, whatchamacallit, uh, swish kebabs. Yeah, right. Uh, that's too bad. Could have been fun. Could have made a little money. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you, but, uh, I'm very happy with my clientele as they are. Hey, Mo, two more for me and my buddy! That was my grandmother's wedding urinal! Right, that's it. We are changing this place up. Whoa, check that out. Stuff is getting done. Look at them renovations. And finished. After this, ain't no turning back. We don't actually see any renovations? Nope. It's just a picture on the outside of Moe's that says, you know, we're renovating and Mo talking over it because we've done so many renovations of Moe's before, we've seen it all. I, That's just lazy, Matt. I don't know what to tell you. Like, give me if you're gonna like they just and they try and make it again. This is this and like this speaks nothing to like you know the problematic jokes throughout the episode or the bad plot. This is just like this is a very fixable thing where they go, oh, we're gonna lampshade our own laziness. We're not gonna actually gonna make a montage of Mo renovating the bar. We're just gonna have a, a like a one stock image of Mo's with montage over it, and you're just like. Just because you've done it a many done done it a bunch of times doesn't mean you don't go through the effort of doing it again. If you want to make an episode about this, then do it. Like, well, like, do I need to write this for you? Like, no. The problem is they think that the fact that they're lampshading this is just as funny as if they had done the work. And it's like, no, no, it's not. Uh, so there's a new now there there's a new bar. Moses a new bar. It's still called Moe's, but it doesn't have any at the end. You get it? And uh, did they get rid of the apostrophe too? No, no, it's Moe's oh, okay. apostrophe. Yes, I think I'm pretty sure. I, right. I, I just don't like. Is it? This is the best we can do. And like, this is the other thing. Uh-huh. Like, this is the other. This is the problem with it. This is the problem when you center Moe as the main character. Moe is the main character of this episode. Let it be known. Which is funny because I thought this was a Smithers episode. Like, that makes more sense. This is not a Smithers episode, Matt. They trick you. They try and trick you. Like, oh, look, Smithers. He's gay. It's okay. Rude. Uh, But then you're like, oh, no, this is not a Smithers episode. This is a Mo episode. Smithers is an important part of it, or a part of it. He's probably the the other character in it. But he doesn't – Smithers doesn't go through a change, right? Smithers is static. Mo is the character that goes through a change in this. He's the dynamic character in this. This episode is about him. Um, It shouldn't be. It's bad. Um, it, it's uh, honestly the biggest, like the most wrongheaded thing about it. I don't know. I don't even want to say that necessarily. It is a very big wrongheaded thing about it. And it is a big picture problem that the Simpsons have done multiple times. And I don't think, I don't know if they've ever gotten better at it. Um, so the place is busy now that Moses changed. Um, all, I guess, 
Springfield is crawling with uh, gay men who could not go to this other gay bar um, and now have a, have a place. I, they, have a, they have a place to go. I mean, Springfield is a, a semi-large town, probably tens of thousands of people. So I can see there being one bar's worth of gay people who aren't, you know, all six packs and, uh, you know, famous, famous chins, the Ben Affleck chin. The Ben Affleck chin and the Matt Damon and everything else. Exactly. <sighs> um, I, I don't really care about the believability of that. That doesn't matter to me, really. Um, I, I think there is like a kernel of something interesting here. And I think if you're going to. I very like I am so we got to fix this episode. I'm so torn about this. But this is like the kernel of like oh, a small town, small town America and you give like a place that gay people can belong, right? And they like you see that in this episode really. You see like oh, community get, you know, form and have have give people a place where they can be themselves and be proud about it and be who they want to be without fear. And, oh, that's interesting. That's something Springfield hasn't really, the Simpsons haven't really done, really. Um, unfortunately, you, it's not really about that at all. Um, we do get the barflies coming in, um, and they are confused. So, uh, what would you gentlemen like? <laughs> I mean, I know what you'd like, and uh, hey, why wouldn't you like it? Oh, ain't being comfortable with something weird the best? Uh, I'm gonna pour some beers now. Hey, something's different about Moe's. There's no chicks here. There's never any chicks here. Somehow there's more no chicks here than usual. Something's changed. There's a sense of acceptance in the air. Hey! What's that guy doing in the men's room? <gasps> He's washing his hands. I'm never going to get that image out of my head. Look, I have turned this bar into every other kind of bar, and it never worked. Total disaster. A complete bomb. Utter failure. A dream I painted. And in this economy, a man needs to find new customers while keeping his old best friends. So what do you say? Hey, there's nothing against it in the Bible. Hmm. Nothing against mm -hmm. that. No. Wait a minute. Your standard markup is 400%? Give me that. Don't you dare question the gospel, according to Dr. Swig McJigger. He's drinking his own brains. So a couple things. One, <laughs> has Homer never been to a bar? A 400% markup is the minimum. <laughs> that's, that's how bars stay in business. It turns out alcohol, not super expensive. Paying people to serve alcohol, incredibly expensive. And secondly... All of those other times Mo transformed his bar, they were incredibly successful. It's Mo who wanted to change back. <laughs> like, if you're gonna lampshade this, like, oh, we've done this so many times before, don't lie about it. I cannot. Again, it's just like there's this. It's just like, oh, look, we're just gonna poke holes in our own reality. And you're like, why don't you just engage with this? Like it's real. Like, why are we having, like, why are we taking moments away from this episode to look at all the times that we've done this before? Like, why? Talk about it. Does it matter to this episode? No, not at all. It has nothing to do with this. And also, there's just, like, I, I man, we haven't even gotten to the really bad stuff yet. That's the thing. Like, this is already really frustrating. We haven't even this, gotten This is all awful. the A-plot, which is actually, you know, it's mm. not great, but it's not... Mm. 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 We're going to talk about Matt. We go to commercial, seven minutes, five seconds. 
Oh, unfortunately. Oh, uh, speaking of which, we're now at the, the B plot, which makes my head hurt even harder. Uh, so uh, it starts out dumb and gets worse from there. Children, I have an announcement. Today is my last day as your music teacher. Come on, pretend he meant something to you. Oh, bless your little hearts. This is a happy thing. I met my soulmate at a local tavern. There he is! I'm not the soulmate. I'm dating one of your mothers. I I forget whose. Anyway, I'm here to introduce your new music teacher, Ms. Juniper. Honey, just teach the one with the starfish head and you'll be okay. Teach? (laughs) You can't teach music. You embrace music. Oh, you inhale music. You roll around in a pile of music until the scent of music is on you forever. Mm, Good luck with that. Tick-tock, Dewey. Tanglewood beckons. Coming, Dewey. We're both named Dewey. Drum roll, please. (sighs) The drum roll was Ralph rolling a drum past them. Uh, so, yes, this is incredibly stupid and gets worse from here. I mean, it just doesn't matter, Matt. Like, w- this B-plot is incredibly forgettable. Like, it is inexplicable Because nothing me. happens. The The entire B-plot can be summed up as the school gets a new music teacher who's uh, like kind of like a hippie, but we don't learn anything about her except that she's a divorced mom. Skinner falls in love with her after asking Bart to you know, go out with her so that they had a sort of double date. And then he runs off and comes back three months later. That's the entire plot. It could be three minutes. Spoilers, man. Mm, I mean, she has a name. I'll give him that. Like last week, we didn't get names for any of these guest characters. So she has a name. Her daughter has a name. Like I'll get that. It's the the barest of minimums, but I'll, you know, it's something I don't, this shouldn't be here, but I mean, I don't really have a justifiable reason to have anything in this episode. Like this B plot is forgettable and meaningless. The A plot is abysmal. What what is left? <laughs> like yeah, what what is what is there left? Yeah. Okay. Uh so we go from this to Homer and Marge hanging out at Moe's. Marge is at Moe's. Uh and there's a, a line she has where she feels like this is the first time she hasn't had a little voice in her head saying that this is not a safe place to drink, which good job little voice in Marge's head. That is exactly correct. We get uh do I have to say it, Robbie? I mean, I, I th- of all the things, Matt, like, this is bad. It's not the worst joke. It is just really hacky. It's just so lazy. It, we get comic book gay, comic book guy's gay cousin who looks exactly like him with a mustache. This is, it, 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 this is the thing, Matt. Okay. We, we're not going to call out every single really lazy gay joke. And it's really funny to me, even. I read the Wikipedia for this before I watched the episode, and the review of it is like, they didn't resort to lazy gay stereotypes for their jokes. I'm like, are you kidding me? They have a character. Right, there are so many lazy stereotypes. Oh, a gay guy went out with a guy with the same name. Isn't, isn't that a stereotype? Comic book gay, is that not a stereotype? I, I, mean, I, I Yes, there's most of the, the majority of the quote-unquote jokes are very lazy stereotypes and very hacky. But the, they may, like, comic book gay. He's not, he doesn't have a name. And you would say that for like, okay, comic book guy. Here, let's talk about comic book guy, just for a second. Comic book guy. Doesn't have a name. For the longest time, he had no name, right? He was just the comic book guy. He was the guy who owned the comic book store, right? But Mm -hmm. 
in the context of The Simpsons television show, it makes sense. If you're a, if you're Bart, right, and you go to the comic book store, do you think, oh, like I know the name of the guy who's at the counter? No, that's comic book guy. He's the guy who sells me comic books and he's mean, right? Yeah. And that in the context of The Simpsons, that is how that's why he had a name, comic book guy, because he's just the comic book guy. And it becomes in small towns like this. This is how it works, right? You become your job. You're not necessarily, you don't have a name sometimes. Sometimes people just call you by the, you're, oh, you're a comic book guy. And it works. It makes sense to me. I never questioned it once as I was watching The Simpsons. You're just like, oh, yeah, it's comic book guy. Like, I knew a comic book guy. Everyone did if you grew up mm-hmm. in a small town somewhere. Now, okay, that is the original context for what, why comic book guy is called comic book guy. Now you have, okay, we have a cousin of comic book guy. He looks very similar to him. And Homer goes, oh, wow, you're, I didn't know you were gay. And he's like, I'm not, he sounds exactly the same. It's the same voice. Uh, looks mm-hmm. exactly like him, has a beard instead. Um, but in, he goes, I'm not comic book guy. I'm comic book gay. Now, why on earth would the cousin of comic book guy go by comic book gay? He's not a comic book guy. He's a guy who likes some comic books. I'm also a guy who likes some comic books that I don't. I've never once in my life called being called comic book guy because I've never worked at a comic book store. And neither does this guy, this cousin. So why would he go? I'm comic book gay. That's not a real name. That's not a person. Comic book gay is not a, not someone someone who calls themselves right. That's not a real. That's not a name of a character. It's not a name of a person. Mm-hmm. It's just it exists solely for a bad, a very bad joke. And if like. Matt, I would say that if something makes me laugh, I am much more likely to forgive it not making sense in the context of a real world. That's but true. Th- but this is not funny. This is an incredibly hacky joke. So I just go, oh, that's just really hacky and lazy. Hacky's being nice. I'm trying to be nice, Matt, okay? I'm not, this, we we're, we don't curse. You know what? I'm like, I'm going to. I'm sure they appreciate it. I, they don't care. I'm just, this is, is mainly just, you know, it's it's not healthy. I I try and I've made the rule for myself. I don't yell on this podcast anymore, and I'm really trying to stick to it. It's not healthy to yell, <laughs> to be angry, and to yell about things. I know it's it's better for me to just you know speak very plainly about why this is bad. Um, this is and this is a very I I I we spoke I speak about this at length, Matt, because this is a perfect example of the problem as this in that the problem with this episode writ large, the gay people are not the center of the episode. They're not important to the plot. They're there for straight people to bounce off of. They're they're there for Mo to bounce off of. They don't have motivations. They have no desires, really. They have no wants. They have no needs. They have no character. Comic book gay exists only for this joke. He exists for us to laugh at, right? And that's the only reason he exists. I mean, he comes back for another incredibly hacky joke, too. He does, um, but that's what I'm. I'm just saying that that that's what this is, man. It's and this episode has a bunch of them. It just exists here. Here are some people, gay people, queer people, who are there to get be laughed at. You know, it's not jokes about how society treats them. You know, it's not things that endear us to them and treat them like real people, real characters. They are caricatures, right? And when I say this episode is wrong-headed. That is what I mean. They're, they, 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 they are there to be laughed at. 
Yep, they're there to be laughed. Like you said, they're not there for any type of characterization. We get no characterization for any character who identifies as gay. Mr. Lugger, a a tiny bit, but really, no. No. I mean, Smithers, I guess, Matt, but it's it's not the focal point of the episode. No, definitely not. So, moving on. Thank God. Uh, also, I, I, there's a point I did this where some drag queens uh, somehow mistake Marge and Patty for other drag queens. And that's just, nope, no stereotypes there. Not just awfulness being mean to establish characters. I mean, again, Matt, you can just say. Like, that's what I'm, like, it's another example, right? Here, here's another joke. Here's another one where we just laugh at some, isn't our drag queen, like, it's not about, it's not a joke about drag queens. Like, if you go to a drag show, Drag queens make jokes all the time. They're constantly making mm. jokes. They're comedians. They're performers. They're entertainers. It's not. That's not what this is. This is making jokes about drag queens. Laugh here. Laugh at drag queens. And it gets worse from here. But thankfully, at this point, uh, we get to some actual plot, as grisly as it's going to be, uh, where Marge calls Mo out for not being gay, and everyone's seeming to think that he is gay. And it gets... It just goes very, very poorly. No, do these guys think you're one of them? Why would they think that? Oh, I love you, Neil Patrick Hairless. And maybe I should clear the air. Uh, Excuse me, fellas, excuse me. First of all, thank you. This bar was on its last legs. I was going to have to move in with Ma, who's dead and doesn't have a house. So, would not have been good. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Sure, makes sense. But now there's, uh, there's something I got to tell you. Um... If you tell them you're straight, they just might go somewhere else. All right, all right, good point. But, uh, let's hear from Angel Mo. I am Angel Mo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh, what I wanted to say was, uh, everybody Vogue! Then there proceeds to be at least 30 seconds of, you know, foguing. So, Mo is being a bad person here. I think we can all agree on that. I See, the pro- I get, I, Matt, the material, what happens to Mo in this episode, and what he decides to do, mm-hmm. what or not to do, doesn't matter to me. I don't care. No. It, no, because Mo is just being a bad person. Well, the, it's not even that, Matt. Like... I don't care if Mo's a bad person or not. Like sometimes you, that's how plots work, right? A character has to be a bad person, and they learn their lesson, right? That's how that's how conflict works in stories. I'm sorry, like there, I know there are people out there who there's been like the sudden rush of people like I don't, I just want my stories to be nice. I don't want any kind. I don't want conflict in them. I'm like okay, but most. Most stories need some sort of conflict. Otherwise, why are you having a story? And sometimes that means people have to be bad. Right, they have to do bad things, and but Mo's that, not being bad in an interesting way. N- Matt, again, that is uh, that doesn't even matter to me either. If this episode wants to, and like, and it seems like to want to, it dances around this topic, right? It dances around about uh, representation, and like, it becomes about Mo going on the city council and be being the first openly gay member of the city council. Like, the plot is about. Is it okay for Mo to fake being gay and doing all these things? And obviously, no, it's not okay. But it it's not about, oh, Smithers, and actually a gay man, a gay character, 
running for city council and trying to be on there to try and earn Burns' respect, which is, A, a plot you could do. Um, it's about... It's about the question is if about Mo pretending to be gay. Mo's not gay. Mo's a, a sleazy dude. Um, when you you if you want this episode to be about that, you need to center the story around gay characters. You need to center the 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 story needs to be written about Smithers or any one of the other gay Simpsons characters and about their struggles about what the 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 problems they're facing. Smithers' problem in this episode is about someone pretending to be gay. And that's an entirely different episode and doesn't not really interesting, but it's like, like focusing too much on that is avoiding the problem. It's wrong like that's when I say this episode's wrong-headed. That's what I mean. It's when if you're if you want to and I do think this is me being generous to the Simpsons creative staff. If they really do want to try and re- represent gay people and tell that story, you have to center a gay character. I don't expect, you know, and and ideally you'd have a, a voice actor who's also gay. And like, you know, it'd be honest. But they're I, they're not capable, I guess. They can't. They just can't do it, Matt. This no, is what comes, this is what, when, you, when you ask, like, this is what comes out. Matt Selman has like, among the latter years, Simpsons has the reputation of like, oh, he writes more character-based stories and tr- get, they're closer to the golden years and stuff like that. I don't know what this is. <laughs> this, is, this, is this, this is not that. This is not that. No. But this is, and that's what the rest of this episode is about. It's about Mo and like about you know with a bunch of really like really gross jokes around it. But that's you know. <sighs> Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, so continuing on, uh, we get to back to the the B plot. Uh, Miss Juniper has taken all the kids to the mountains for a music class, uh, but Skinner shows up climbing the mountain to say that, oh, she has gotten the wrong uh, permission slips. Apparently, she flip-flopped which ones he was supposed to get, which ones she was supposed to keep, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. Skinner is now here and immediately falls in love with her. Okay, sure. That's why? quick, but I guess if you – why? No reason. Whatsoever. Okay. okay. I mean, she's like, yeah. she's young and pretty. Is that it? Basically. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, and see why well, I think it's, she's young and pretty. And also for some reason likes him, which we'll get to later. So Smithers brings Burns to the bar. Burns doesn't care, uh, that Smithers has, has accomplished this. Uh, meanwhile, Mo is still turning down dates left and right from the gay guys because, you know, he is not gay and, you know, who knows if they would be his type if he were. But uh, Smithers is very upset with this because Mo is making the bar the bar the bar more and more gay. Uh, not Smithers. Uh, Mo is making the bar more and more gay. He's putting up all kinds of uh, you know cultural bric-a-brac uh, that you know more identifies the bar with the gay subculture. And Smithers is not happy with this. Um, uh, Mo points out that they need to stick with it for just a little while because they're actually making money. And then there's a horrible gag, uh, gag in quotes, uh, where they say that, oh, one day they'll be able to have real pretzels instead of drawn on pretzels. And then we get, what, 30, 45 seconds of Homer trying to get uh, eat these fake drawn on pretzels, eating a piece of the bar and then choking to death on the ground. And that's when we go to commercial. There's almost no family in this whatsoever, Matt. I know. And normally I'd be so OK with that. But uh... 
that's the other thing. You're like monkey paw. The monkey's paw curls. You're just like, oh, I want an episode without the family being the focus. Okay, here you go. Um, we come back from commercial in 13 minutes and nine seconds. Um, Skinner, we're back to the B-plot, inexplicably. Uh, Skinner as Bart. As Bart. I guess they were, they saw that this was like, there's no family in this. So they're like, oh, we need to bring in as much as we can. So here's Bart. Um, Skinner wants to go on a date with Calliope, which is the teacher, the music teacher. Um, and he doesn't know how to do it. Um, I don't know if you maybe, I don't like, we don't even engage with the idea like, Oh, he's a principal. He shouldn't be dating the people. He, he's a boss, right? He should not be dating the people who work underneath him, but whatever. Um, he asked Bart to ask Calliope's daughter, Melody. I'm trying to get all the details right. This, this is, I, I don't understand. Like, ima- like imagine you're asking a child, like, this is not human behavior. Skinner is asking a child to go out on another, go out on a date with another child so that he can get with Calliope. All right. What on earth? What is this? Who? who no one does this. There's no one on earth that does this. What, what is this, man? No, because they're, they're treating Bart as a an another adult, and that's, that's supposed to be what it's about. And it's like, no, absolutely not. That's stupid. I, I, okay, We're, they go on. They go. So Bart goes on. Mel and Melody, the little the girl, is like a weirdo. She's an awkward little kid. Okay, whatever. Uh, and Bart doesn't like her. So they go on a double date. That's effectively what this is. Even though they, it's framed as like oh Skinner and uh, Calliope chaperoning these two, uh, you know, kids at the arcade or a pizza place. Um, and then it ends with. Skinner and Calliope dancing at this arcade. And then Calliope comes on him and asks him to come over tonight. Why? Because Why? the plot requires it. Robbie. There you go, Matt. You got it. You got it in one. So mm-hmm. now we, uh, we, we cut back to the, the bar, the A plot. And, the the small cast of men who have been coming to Moe's are frustrated, and they are airing their frustrations in the bar. Can you believe it? Oh, this is an outrage! This morning I was like, ding-a-ling-a-ling, and now I'm like, dong, dong, dong. Boys, relax, have a drink, and tell Mama Mo all about it. The city won't let us march in the Springfield Founders Parade. Well, who needs them? We could have our own parade. We do. We, we have like 20 of them. But we're sick of being second-class citizens. Things will never change until one of us is on the town council. Mo should run. He's the heart of this town's gay community. Will you do it, Mo? Will you become Springfield's first openly gay city councilman? <laughs> well, I think if you guys can manage to go into the voting booth one at a time, then I can manage to win. Yay! Mo, can I discuss an inventory issue with you in the back room? <laughs> you can't be these people's leader if you're lying to them about who you are. You're not gay. Phew, I thought it was an inventory issue. That's a big relief. Now, don't worry. I'll let him down easy. In four years? 
Yay! Yes, your queen is back. What was that whole thing about no, no uh, stereotypical jokes? Like, oh, if you guys can go into the voting booth one at a time, I mean, good God. <laughs> now, I like, yeah, like, I, I think it goes without being said that all the jokes are terrible. It's more about, like, why does Mo want to do this? Why does Mo want to be on the city council? Because these people are treating him respect, and they're the only community he's ever been part of, is what I'm assuming. But are we ever given any evidence of that? No. And why do these people think that this bartender is the heart of their community? Again, the undercurrent is because he gave them a place to hang out and supports them, which that may be true. But again, we're not shown that, or at least not in any way that, you know, is, is obvious. And that's, a, that's just a guess we can make at best. Again, those are the, the, like, those, hey, that's character. That's motivation things. Where you're like, why does Mo want to do these things? Because the plot requires it. That is not also, again, I've already talked. This episode should not be centered around Mo. It doesn't, it's like, it is the wrong way to do this. It is wrong headed. Um, we go to our final commercial. It's 16 minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah, don't worry. This last act is real short. Uh, not in terms of time, but in terms of plot. So Skinner is super happy about his relationship with Calliope. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Uh, um, and even gets – his happiness is even infectious to Chalmers, who calls him a Casanova or uh, – you know what? No, no. I'm not going to say it. Uh, so – but we see Bart has reached the end of what he wants out of Melody. And uh, yeah. Come on, come to life. I swear I'll be nice to you. Can I do a handstand against you? Uh, sure. Uh, Melody, you're a great girl, but I see you as more of a sister, and I don't like my sister. You're breaking up with me? Upside down? <laughs> Raggedy Ann was so right about you. <laughs> Thanks to you, Melody's mother is so upset she's moving them out of town. Goodbye, Seymour. Think of me whenever you see a tattoo you don't understand. Calliope, is there anything I can say to make you stay? No, but you can say you'll come with us. Leave with you? I'll have to check with Mother. Seymour, I found a ticket stub for a James Bond movie in your pants. Explain yourself. Well, it, it uh, took place in a country we teach about. Fibs break baby Jesus's ribs. Look, I don't know how long this will last. It could be a day... It could be the rest of our lives, but you'll never know unless you take this chance. Give yourself permission. Willie, you're principal now. Really? Who's the new groundskeeper? Also you. And you don't get more money. Ugh. Yes. So, yes, Skinner decides he's gonna leave to be with Calliope and Melody, just just because, whatever, don't care. Yeah, this is this is the, here's the, here's the notes I include in this, Matt. This is pointless. What is going on? Skinner left, I guess. Why? why like, why is all this happening? <laughs> why? Like, there's no reason any. This just is just like here. You're like, why is this? We've met. We've had how many scenes? How many scenes have we had with Calliope featured? I believe this is number three. Oh, no, four. They're her intro. Can you tell me anything about Calliope other than her name and that she's a substitute music teacher? She is divorced and has a daughter. 
I, okay. That's it. Nothing about her actual personality. I was going to say, like, but like, what is what are her dreams in life? You know, what does she want out of life? Does she, how, what does she think about Springfield? Why does she like Skinner? You know, what part of him is attracted to her? Um, what, like, how uh, is she a good parent? Like, no, nothing. Okay, good. My silence worked. All right. <laughs> uh, thankfully, this is the end of the B plot. Uh, we go now to the second to last of the. Uh, scenes uh where we have oh mo on stage uh doing a harvey milk impression he's got the hair he's got the suit and all that stuff uh and basically mo wants everyone to vote for him uh but i i just listen my name is mo sislak and i'm here to elect me Yay! hello mo uh hey there well it's uh, my business partner mr smithers uh, nice of you to drop by and not say nothing that costs nobody no election. But, Mo, how can you be their leader when you're not one of them? Oh! I am one of them. I, hey, I only read Hustler to see the pictures of Larry Flint. Sounds great. But first, answer me this. Do you find me attractive? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like all gays, I'm attracted to all men. Most insidious stereotype ever. You're cute. You want to go out later? Whoever said that? Yes. All right. If you're attracted to me, then kiss me, Mo. Okay. Okay. Uh, prepare to be kissed. Ha. Here we go. Giving in to my natural urges. Okay, a few jumping jacks just to warm up. Okay. Here comes the airplane. Sorry, everyone. Oh, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever had to say, but I ain't gay. Oh, Oh, Mo. How could you lie about who you are when who we are is all we are? I didn't mean to. Uh, At first, I was only gay for your money, and and I had real deep feelings for that money. But then I I felt accepted by you in a way that I'd never been before. (laughs) I just wish you people could know what it's like to want acceptance. Well, so who are you going to vote for? Me or a Republican whose record is so anti-gay, he's clearly secretly super gay? Now we don't know who to vote for, the liar or the denier. Once again, the powers that be have spurned our request for basic human equality. Must not the heavens themselves cry with rage? How did you do that? Classical training. I just... I don't even know, Robbie. This is so incredibly awful. This and is... the worst part—the worst part—comes next, real quick. Let me just get this out. Sure, sure, sure. Because the crowd is now confused. Do I go to the, the super anti-gay Republican or the lying Mo? Feel like there's one really good option and one really bad option. One not great option and one really bad option. But sure, whatever. But now, now Mo kisses Smithers. He couldn't do it to save his political ambitions, but now does it. Also, Mo says, like every guy, every gay guy, I'm attracted to every other gay guy. Again, with those stereotypes that are totally aren't in this well, episode. Well, I just see the, the. It's not that Mo says it, because immediately you have the. The problem is like it's everything around it. They think it is like obviously it's problematic, and it's compounded by the fact that the Simpsons writers think they're smarter than they are. So you have them going, 
going, okay, we're going to have Mo say this thing, and then we're going to have someone refute it. Okay. We're going to have someone say a stereotype, and then someone refute the stereotype. The problem is, the person who refutes the stereotype is named Comic Book Gay, and then immediately they lampshade it by having him indulge in that same stereotype. And... They think, oh, we're so smart. We're so funny. We can do both. We can have our cake and eat it too. And you're like, no, you can't. You're just, it's not, you're not, that's not any better. That's just as bad. Um, We still know, like, we don't know anything about the city council race, right? We don't know anything about, like, again, if it is about, oh, we, this is about centering a, a gay storyline, right? About someone having a struggling with representation in their city or in their, in their life or on television. They don't care about that. They care about Mo. And you're like, I don't, what is this? What is the point of this? I don't, I don't know. Um, and Mo, then Mo kisses Smithers and compares it to Frisbee golf. Meaning he, and says he's happy. He tried it once. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Again, this is just like, oh, like we're going to just make a joke about it. We're not going to engage mm-hmm. with it, honestly. And Oh, also Skinner comes back for no reason uh, <laughs> after being gone for three months. There's, that's the, yep. there's a stinger right before the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, God almighty. But that's the end. That's the end of the episode. Oh, thank God almighty, man. I'm so happy it's over. Uh, we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Uh <laughs> Robbie, is this episode broken or just stupid? That's our only option. No, anymore. you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Obviously, it's broken. Yeah, Matt. I don't. Like, there's no part of it. Like I said, there's nothing in it that works. Like, how could it. The A plot is wrongheaded, abysmal, filled with hacky, lazy tropes and stereotypes and. Counterintuitive and undercuts their own. I guess they're. I don't know. I don't like. It's when you watch. This is one of those episodes where you watch it and you go, "Are they trying to? Are like? I. I guess it's not as offensive as like the teen year stuff. Like I was. I really honestly like. Is this like? Uh, we're about to touch on some of our, our our patrons who mentioned three three gays of the condo. And which is also filled with a lot of really lazy gay stereotypes. And I really had a hard time thinking, like, which is worse? Like, this has less of that, at least on the surface. But in a certain way, it's more insidious, right? Because of that fact. Because it thinks it's smarter than Three Gays of the Condo, when it is not, right? It is not smarter than Three Gays of the Condo. It's the same kind of crap. And yeah, because uh, it's it it it's uh, it thinks that the plot is going to be better because oh you know we're centering it around the gay community but you're centering it around a straight character it's problem one and the jokes are the same the, do they think that the jokes were going to be any better they think they're again Matt I, it, it's very clear they think they're smart they think they're clever with these jokes I'm pretty sure three like and like because you have a they literally have a they have a they name a character comic book gay with a straight face like and they like oh <laughs> Um, I don't, it's when like, of course this episode's broken. Like, I don't know when you, when you watch an episode that's so bad, it makes you question are the, everyone in the creative staff homophobic. I don't think they are. I don't want them to be right. I like the Simpsons. I don't like this, you know, this era, but you know, overall I like the Simpsons. I call myself a Simpsons fan. 
I host a podcast. I've done it for almost a decade now. Like, I don't want them to do, be that way. But when you watch this episode, what, ev- what evidence do you have that's contrary to that? What evidence says, oh, no, they, they definitely are they're cool with gay people? They're not. Like, it, it, you watch this episode, you go, obviously, no, they're they not. They, they think it's funny. They think they're jokes. They think gay people are jokes. They think trans people are jokes. They think we sh- they're there to be ridiculed. That's all you can get when you watch this episode. You, there's no other evidence, right? What else do I have? And I like, I would think that if you were a creative staff on a television show, you would go, oh, we should do this. We should try something else. Th- and when like you ask me, is this episode broken? Yes. Do we, do I want to fix it? I guess I do. I guess, <laughs> you know, I, the Simpsons of this era, like if you're asking me, oh, we need to make an episode in season 22, replace this episode with something that's better. I don't listen. They're not capable. They can't do it. They literally cannot. You know, if I get, if I wrote an ep, like, would I have to write the entire episode and write every joke? Probably. Cause it seems that like you give it to a whole room of people and this is what we got. So I get like it's not super complicated to me. I multiple I have multiple books that have gay characters in them. Death Rattle in particular, I'll call that out. Death Rattle is centered around a gay man, uh, and you know how I I made the book about. It's not really about gay issues or anything. It's about it. It's about vampires. It's a vampire story. But all I did was go. Oh, I write him like a human. I write him. Like he has needs and wants and trauma and grief. And he's also a badass. He's my favorite character I've ever written. I didn't, but I didn't think, oh, this is hard. I just went, oh, I need to write Ebner like he's any of my characters. I try and give him, make him three dimensional, make him feel real, give him, you know, a life that he's lived that's affected him and influences how he, how he acts and how he talks, all that. That's how you make characters. It's uncomplicated. They, there's nothing in this that, like Smithers is the closest they get, but episode's not about Smithers. The, the only like the only that's the problem is Go they ahead. think the episode is about Smithers, but it's very obviously not. They make it about Mo for some reason. They don't like if you want to if you want to make this episode about Smithers, the question would be Smithers facing the conflict of in and you still want this weird Mo City Council thing going on. The you would have the episode not focus on Mo at all. It would be focusing on Smithers going, what is better? Should I out him as a, as a straight man? Or is it, is it honestly, is it better for a, a man pretending to be gay to be still be a city council member and, you know, effectively enforcing what would help the gay community? And like, I don't still don't think that's a good episode, but that is how you would center it about Smithers in this, in the same framework. If you're ask, actually asking me to fix this episode, there it would be a new episode. You had nothing to do with this. I you want me to write an episode? I hope anyway. You want me to write an episode about Smithers? I can do that, right? Like I f- think Smithers is a really underutilized character. Every episode about him in the past twenty years is bad. Like there's very few good Smithers episodes. Even the fact that he has all this, like he's like he. He idolizes this cruel man and does what he wish and it works with him and assists him. And you don't ever, there was an episode they did. I mentioned it earlier that a newer episode a couple of seasons ago, season 31, maybe 30 where they actually have Smithers try and confront Burns about the fact that 
you know, about the fact that he loves him and Burns never reciprocates and doesn't even reciprocate respect and about it. And it feels and like I mentioned this then it's on our Patreon. If you want to go hunt down that episode, it, this is a moment that should have carry incredible catharsis and drama and it falls flat and it's sad. Like it, it is 30 years in the making and they can't do it. And because they pull their punches, they don't want to make it as harsh as it could be. They don't want to, it, it feels like they don't want to make Smithers as interesting a character as they could. And they don't want to upset the status quo too much. If, if you want me to write an episode about Smithers and like, I, I w- it would completely change Smithers status quo. He wouldn't work for Burns anymore. He would be a new, he, like, honestly, you, I, it, you really want to upset the status quo? Smithers is now, he runs the plant. Burns is, he quits, and he's still a character in Springfield, but he's doing other stuff. He does something else. Whatever it is. Smithers, wait, 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 you mean change something about The Simpsons? I, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. I, I don't know why, Matt, at this point. Like, even in season 22, we talk about this all the time in the season. And they're starting to, like, they do things around the edges. And I don't know, like, make Smithers interesting. You want to make him interesting? Have Smithers run for city council as an openly gay man. Well, that's what I was going to say is I like how I might be able to see this is, okay. Smithers decides he's going to run for city council or uh, that the things have gotten crazy and he's going to win Mr. Burns respect by running. And then somebody else, I guess, Mo sees him decides to run anyway and claim to be gay. And the whole thing is, oh, Smithers is running as an actually gay candidate, but the other person is not. But Mr. Smithers, Smithers knows that he is not gay. And you make that your conflict of, of you know, identity, that sort of thing. But. Like this is just. Yeah. I mean, that's that's see that that's a perfectly good idea, man. Right, and then you can bring in the idea of like, oh, about I, I about cultural identity and representation, all that stuff. Right, you can do that. I don't trust the Simpsons to do that. Like, uh, I don't trust them to write God, this episode. No. And like, and and what kind of jokes would they both like? That's the thing. Like, I, I I'm not gonna write a whole episode now. Like, again, it feels like one of those things where I don't want to do the work for them because they clear, like it's when you get to, you're like, I don't necessarily have goodwill for it. But that if you're going to write, if you're going to fix this episode, that's what this is. It's centered around Smithers, right? It's jokes about the gay experience that aren't jokes at the gay experience, right? About, yeah, about you, you either get a bunch of writers who happen to be gay to write those jokes or you at least run it by them first. <laughs> it's in like, that's the thing, like. Again, these are grandpa jokes. And when you couple grandpa jokes with, you know, like, you know, <laughs> gay guys. Like, this is what we get, where we get, like, Moe's. Like, that's what, they just name Moe's. You're like, I get it? Like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, what's the funny thing? Isn't it funny? It sounds, it's the word. It's the same. I'm like, okay, guys. All right. So, fix this episode. I don't know. Whatever I just said. You, you listeners out there, you heard me. I don't know if you can tell. I'm incredibly frustrated. Oh, yeah, I mean, I would be too. Yes. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I ask our patrons. Over there on patreon.com slash the Simpsons show. 
uh, for their thoughts about an episode. First, from Tim. First, I want to comment the Flaming Moe seem to have the least amount of the family of any full episode to date. I'm sure I'm missing something, but the only other example I can think of is one of the shorts from the Simpsons spinoff showcase. So the episode itself, well, I think it's better than Three Gays in a Condo. It could have been good if Moe's character were allowed to endure an entire story arc rather than feeling rushed at every turn. Skinner Love Interest B-plot only served as a distraction in this case. It managed to even be more rushed. But this is number 365 in canon due to the lack of the core family. Kane could be fixed by dropping the B-plot entirely. Devote more time to Mo. Finally, perhaps it's just me, but apart from one episode, season 22 seems to have had considerably less Jerk Homer. Small things. It's true. Well, it's true. Less that, that is true. That That's a nice thing to see. That's, I, it's like the kindest things you can say about this. Like, <laughs> uh, from Derek, not even 20 seconds into this, I have written it off. Beyond obnoxious from everything Homer did or said to Burns with a scalp coming off and running around the Mo. Uh, a blue-haired lawyer pretending he was a dinosaur. Change the chain of march. It doesn't get any better from here, with the inevitable squandering of the potential of two secondary characters interacting, all in favor of an abundance of the most cringe-inducing gags permeating every damn scene. This is excruciatingly, excruciatingly irritating. Then there's an entire disposable B-plot that, if you were actually to analyze it, is so nonsensical, with no character behaving in a way resembling an actual human being. Also, Chalmers got fired long ago and has had a complete mental breakdown. I'm convinced he squats in Simmerville Elementary, living out his deluded fantasy that he's still superintendent of the school district. That's why the loony bin keeps disappearing in Skinner's office in every damn episode. Uh, purge this from memory. Yep. From Timothy. Not a review, but I would highly recommend you listen to the gayest episode ever podcast who covered this episode last week from a queer perspective. Doesn't make this episode any better, but it has valuable insight. I, I uh, endorse that. You Go check that out. Um... And is honestly, like, I can put all the disclaimers about this, you know, I am, me and Matt are both, you know, straight, cisgendered dudes. We find it problematic, but, uh, like, hey, center, gay perspectives, etc. From Dara, Neil Patrick Hairless was clever. I love Alison Hannigan and wish she got a feature more than the 45 seconds she was in this episode. Those are my positives. I can understand why Codependence Day is the worst episode. Made you legitimately dislike the family that we love for so long. But this, this made me hate the show, especially as it seemed like we had turned a page from LGBTQ plus jokes that had been running rampant. Instead, we get every riff possible from the writers. It wasn't funny. Worse is there was so much possibility in what to do with this episode, but why make a good episode when you can mock trans women? Used to have my favorite episode segments, but this, this is my worst episode ever. I won't even play my usual best of, my usual of X best episodes season 22, burn this episode to the ground. Uh, from JJ. Just like Three Gays of the Condo, I'm sure the writers thought this was progressive, but not a single joke relating to the episode's queer theme has aged well. The early Simpsons writers don't even know the difference between a gay man and a trans woman, apparently. And why is Patty there? She beat the lesbian bar that doesn't have a fire exit. That's also true. Like, that's the other thing, that Like, you look back to... Like, think about that joke. Just that joke, right? That was in the 90s. Homer goes to a lesbian bar, and the joke isn't, oh, it's weird that I'm a straight man in a lesbian bar. The joke is this lesbian bar doesn't have a fire exit. That, that is still in probably my top 10 Simpsons jokes of all time. Just and, because it's so not what you expect. And it is, that is entirely subverting, like, and especially of that for that time period, it entirely subverts any kind of tropes or stereotypes about lesbians. And it, it centers the joke about something, about a non sequitur, you know, which is a Simpsons staple. That, that that doesn't as mentioned before, continuing with JJ as mentioned before it's shocking how Homer's phobia an episode made in 1997 has aged better than one made in 2011 this really has old man God. yells at cloud energy when you have characters repeatedly saying things like 
I thought you were, you know. You don't have to dance around the subject, writers. It's not the 50s. Ignoring that, the episode's time is handled so poorly due to the bizarre choice to make the B-plot a Skinner romance story that should have been its own episode. As a result, neither story has enough time to breathe or develop organically, so they haphazardly try to juggle five or six different plots at once. It just results in an unfocused mess. I failed to care about Moe, Smithers, Skinner, Bart, Miss Juniper, or her niece. There's just too much. They even have a meta joke about how they've done an episode about Mo rebranding the bar three times before, so we can add an unoriginal list too, a train wreck from beginning to end. Amen. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our Listener Question of the Week this week is, how did you get your gnarliest scar? Going off book. All right. Matt, take it away. Uh, all right. First up from Bradley. I don't know if this is just where I live, but when I was a kid, I went to an outdoor place, and it was this huge man-made hill with fake and real snow. You slid down in one of uh, one of inner tubes on it, and there were lanes, so you didn't hit anyone. Well, I was flying down it, and the tube I was in flipped over, and at the bottom of the hill, there were rocks. Why are there rocks, Bradley? Uh, and my face hit those rocks, and I got a scar down my eye like Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. Just those words make me sad. Uh, Bradley, I have so many questions about that. Mainly, why are there rocks? I, I just, okay. Uh, from Tim, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's my gnarliest scar, but my certainly my longest lasting. While teaching in the Peace Corps in Papua New Guinea, I fell through a pier in Medang and created a wound on my left knee. Fortunately, I had my first aid kit with me, otherwise, I might not have made it to season 15 of The Simpsons. As it was, the scar is still visible after all these years. To put it in perspective, this happened at approximately the same time Homer vs. the 18th Amendment aired. Wow, Tim, I'm glad you had that first aid kit. I'm sure there's all kinds of gnarly stuff they could have gotten in there. Whew. Uh, from Dara, open heart surgery with a pretty gnarly scar on my chest. I bet. <laughs> uh, from Casey, uh, the night before my 19th birthday, I bought my first longboard. My friends and I all rode our longboards around our hillest, hilliest, smoothest neighborhood, and I took on a hill I wasn't ready for. My friend was riding too closely to me. I felt my board start to wobble, and I bailed out to not lose control. The end result was the entire left side of my body was covered in road rash. Oh. This weekend will be the 11th anniversary of those scars on my thigh that never quite never healed quite right. Uh, I have done that before, like bailed off and got a ton of road rash. Thankfully, nothing, no scars ended up from that, Casey. But that sounds downright gnarly. All right, uh, from Ripley, I have two big ones. One is on my chest from my Metaport when I had cancer. The other is on my left-hand middle finger. I slammed in a door backstage at a theater and cut the tip off, just barely missing the bone. I had to go to the hospital mid-show to get it uh, sewn back on. Ouch, Ripley. Now my hand hurts. Thanks a lot. Uh, from Aaron, I have a unique scar on my forehead. This took place a good 20 years before my first Harry Potter novel was written, so maybe I should sue J.K. Rowling. <laughs> when I was four, my older sister and I were roughhousing in the basement, and she tripped me, causing me to fall forehead first onto the edge of a large and heavy table. To this day, I maintain that this was revenge for an incident that occurred when I was an infant and when I ripped out all of her hair. <laughs> but that's a story for a future podcast. All right, Aaron, make sure you hold on to that story, because I want to hear that. <laughs> Uh, from Derek, I don't have any significant scars, actually, because I'm a big wuss. There's one that's really annoying me, though. I'm really vain and obsessed with looks, and back on Christmas Eve, I was having an early morning run, feeling all festive. Anyways, it was pitch black, and suddenly this wee yappy bastard of a dog came at me and got me right in the side of the leg. The owner didn't have it on a lead again, despite it going for me once before. I felt faint and collapsed, and it was horrible. But ever since, I've had this horrible scar left behind, and it's all purple and nasty. Make it go away, please. I'm so sorry to hear it, Derek. Uh, people who don't have their dogs on leashes are, in general, terrible people. I was just—I don't—I would like to think that none of our listeners are one of those people, Matt. But I'm just going to say, if you are one of those people, everyone else hates you. 
Okay. That's true. If you have a dog that you don't put on a leash, no matter what size, yappiness, friendliness, just put it on a leash. It's better for everyone. I just like stop being lazy. Your dog's not special. Yeah. You're not special. Follow the rules. If it's uh, obviously this does not apply to off leash parks, blah blah blah. But if you're on the street, right. put a leash on your dang dog. Uh, and then finally, from Mitch 100, 43 years, 43 years later, it's still visible. I was four on the back of my uncle's bike going downhill fast, and my foot drifted into the spokes. Ooh, cut the heck through my ankle. What taught me a valuable lesson. Don't trust your uncle to keep you safe. Also, you know, be careful on bicycles. Uh, and I understand why a four-year-old would understand that, but mm, yeah. Robbie, what's your gnarliest scar? Uh, that's a good question, man. I'm going to say it's probably the one on my inner elbow i do got i did get some road rash on my leg but i don't think i would not call it my gnarliest scar i think the one on my elbow is my gnarliest scar it is a giant chunk uh, it's a football scar um turns out helmets have a lot of metal pieces on them especially like you know the where the buckles clasp and right like for your chin strap mm-hmm. and like let's say another guy on your team doesn't have his chin strap buckled so the expo- the metal's exposed uh, and you're scrimmaging, and you go to tackle him, uh, and you miss, and that piece of metal rips a giant chunk out of your arm. Oof. Yeah, I really hope that newer helmets don't do that. Oh, I'm sure there's they're still te- like they're new. I'm sure they're diff- they're terrible in different ways, man. I don't know. Like I do, football's an inherently inherently an incredibly dangerous sport. Like I don't know. It's not like they want to make it safe. Like I'm sure, and like it's yeah, it's good. You want to make it safe, get rid of all the pads. I was going to, that's, yeah. I mean, you, people will not hit as hard when, if they're not, they're not, it's like wearing a boxing glove, right? Yeah. That's like MMA, despite the fact that people talk about it like a blood sport, MMA is inherently safer than boxing because you wear lighter gloves and it hurts more to punch people. Like you're not going yeah, to punch, punch people as hard when your hand has less padding and you won't tackle yeah, you people use as hard. Other parts of your body that can't get as much uh, force behind them. And if you and you play football with less pads, you wouldn't. It'd be more like rugby, which there are lots of grizzly injuries in rugby, but less. But also, it's just a certain fact. Like if you want to play these incredibly dangerous sports, you're gonna there's injuries and it's gonna be bad. Matt, what's your answer? I I I mean, looking around me, I don't actually have any scars uh, that I know of. Um, I mean, I don't look at myself very much because you, who wants to look at that? But also, as far as I can tell, I don't have any. Here the oh okay we're gonna I'll Matt is a he's a he's a kind and gentle man so I fully believe I'm surprised you haven't <laughs> got injured at work Matt with you like you know poking around in massive uh, oh that's screens. right no I do have one on my back uh, actually a recent one thank you for reminding me yeah oh yeah I was trying to yeah I I forgot about that because it's on my back and I never see it uh, I was trying to get through a series of uh, steel beams one day and I was like trying to shimmy through a space and it didn't feel that bad because I had a shirt on at the time. So I was just like, oh man, that kind of scraped my back. And then when I looked at it later, it was quite bad. I think it's still there. I, it's been a long time since I checked. I'm also going to, we're going to, we're going to, Matt also has self-esteem issues and talks about himself. Like, <laughs> like he's the ugliest man in Glasgow. Um, Matt is a tall and handsome gentleman. I'm in the running. Matt is a tall and handsome gentleman, and I wanted to. Um, we're gonna. We're, I'm gonna get rid of this this weird stereotype that Matt has like created about himself that he's like some troll or something. Um, he's not that. He's a he's a he's a strapping man, uh, honestly. Um, and now I'm just gonna. Every time Matt gives me an opportunity, 
I'm gonna spread the. <laughs> you gotta point that out. Remember, point that out. Our next week's question: mm-hmm. What is your idea for a Smithers episode? Ooh, that's a good one. Codify it. I um, think about that. Yeah, I give me give, give us give us your ideas. Um, the, you you can flesh out more if you want to, or you can just give me a couple lines. Um, I think again, I think Smithers is a character that is so untapped. And that's the thing. You think The Simpsons having been almost 35 years now. Oh, holy, they, they've done all the things. I'm like, not really. There's so many characters, a lot of side characters that are really still untapped because every time they've tried to tap into them, they've done a very bad job. So what's your idea? I post this question on all our social media, on Twitter, still, Simpsons Show Pod, on Reddit at, uh, let me, let me. Make sure that I have this right before I plug it. I put a link in the show notes last week, and I'm going to do it again. It is just The Simpson Show. Our The Simpson Show. It probably looks ugly because I haven't done any really work to it, but it is there. Um, I mean, it's on Reddit. Reddit stuff generally looks horrible, right. especially in the new app. <laughs> don't get mad started. Uh, <laughs> oh, do you do not want to get me started on this? Don't get me, don't get me started. But it's uh, it's on Reddit at r the Simpson Show. We actually have Mitch one hundred. Our that that response came from the subreddit, the only one so far. But I'm going to try and do my best to post new episodes down to post new episodes there for discussion. Plus, post listener question stuff there. And y'all are obviously I'm I'm going to try and have a light hand on moderation because our listeners are generally very good and nice people. Um, but if you uh, are a jerk on there, I'll just ban you. I don't care. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I have no. I have no interest in being like kind and fair. Um, but it's all yeah, there. Reddit is having a real tough time finding moderators, so they're not about to replace Robbie. No, I, I'm. A, I'm also not going to. Whatever. I don't. Again, Matt. So Reddit. Um. I, I, and I post a question on our Patreon. Obviously, it's always there. It's the best place to reach us and supporting us. Even at a dollar helps us a lot. So I definitely encourage you to check us out there. We can move on our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. I have a one-point lead on that. One point. Because I, I stumbled last week. Was weak and gave Matt an easy question. He was nice. Might be it. Um, but I need. I can't let that happen. All your questions, Matt, this week are from Flaming Moe's. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Your easy question: What is the secret ingredient of a Flaming Mo? Uh, that would be kids' cough syrup, crusty brand, to be specific. That is correct. All right, all of your questions. <laughs> uh, I did not go easy on uh, Robbie. Are all from a weekend at Burnsies. I don't even remember what that episode is, man. So good job. Uh, okay. Uh, Homer hurts his eyes very badly in Weekend at Burnsies. What substance is prescribed to Homer to cure his pain? Is that the weed episode? Maybe. Weed. Marijuana. You are correct. Cannabis. Can- yeah. THC. Whatever you want. However you want to. Your meaning question, Matt. What is the name of the representative for Tipsy McStaggers? Oh, this is not huge ass. This is um, Harv Bannister. Is that the right one? I'm going to go with Harv Bannister. Yes, that's right. Tipsy McStagger's good time drinking need in Emporium. I hate you. I know. I know. I should not do any more. Your medium question. I'm a dummy. I'm a dummy. (laughs) I should not do it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, What company grew the vegetables the Simpsons eat in the beginning of the episode? What company? 
Mm-hmm. They're eating genetically modified vegetables, supposedly. Uh, okay, Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. You, you probably won't answer it. I'll ask anyway. Mm-hmm. Is this a real company? It is a real company. Okay. That's what I thought. That might or might not have had a hand in several industrial disasters over the years. Exxon. Usually involving chemicals. Mm, close. Union Carbide. Dang. <laughs> All right, Matt, your hard question. Who is the inventor that Martin admires? It is Mr. A.J.C. Martin for the gas chromatograph. Is that your final answer, Matt? Yes. <laughs> You're very, very close. Oh, I, I just, it's the letters, isn't it? It's A.J.P. Martin. A.J.P. Martin, of or course. Or A.J.P. Morton, I suppose, but, you know, whatever. It's all... Yeah, right, yeah. Mr. A.G. A.J.P. Morton, inventor of... You got A.J.P. Morton. Gas. Okay, okay. Chromatograph, which I don't even know what that is, but okay. I mean, it basically atomizes things uh, and turns them different substances into a gas, and then using their spectra identifies what is in the actual thing that you vaporized. See, the listeners... So, I, see, I, you, you're fair listeners. You out there, you might realize that <laughs> I actually didn't ask... What a gas chromatograph does. I just only stated that I don't know what it does. What did that do? What did what happened? Matt immediately went, "Here I am to save the day." <laughs> well, Robbie, I thought you might like to know. I mean, I'm glad you told me, Matt. But now I just lost another piece of Simpsons <laughs> trivia. There's some piece of trivia just flew out of my brain because I got replaced by the gas chromatograph. Probably uh, the one. Probably the question you're about to ask me. Yes, uh, I I doubt this one, but uh, you know. Uh, in Weekend at Bernsey's, Bill Clinton speaks at the Power Plant Shareholders Conference. How much is he being paid? Well, I there's only there's only a certain amount of numbers I could say. Um, there are an infinite amount of numbers, but the range of what Bill Clinton would pay is less, probably less than a billion. That's safe to say. It's less than a billion dollars. You know what, Robbie? I'll help you out. It's more than a hundred thousand, less than a million. Oh wow! Okay. Um, uh, $400,000. Uh, I'm sorry, it's $200,000. $200,000. That's cheap. For an ex-president, two hundred. dollars that's right? nothing. That's ex-presidents demand off. They get, he, they get so Bill much Clinton. money. He's Jimmy Carter with Jimmy Carter with a Fox attitude. See, that's a good joke. Mm-hmm. That's a good joke. They were still writing jokes back then. Um, Matt now has a lead. See how this works? See how fast that was? It's within two weeks, Matt now has one point lead on me. Ah, cue sad trombone music. That's sad. It's like it's like that music at the end of the old Incredible Hulk television show. You know, when first Banner or David Banner is walking away. <laughs> David Banner, yes. David Banner. Yeah. You can't have, you can't have a straight man named Bruce in the seventies. Uh, Sorry, no. It's so that's so strange. Uh, to me. Bruce, what about Bruce Wayne? I know, right? It's weird. They don't they didn't make up David Wayne. It was Bruce Wayne. Okay. Matt has a lead me. Uh just this this will be the inflection point of the season, guys. All right. You remember early on I was so happy I'd lead. I was so excited. And now it's just gonna be downhill. It's just gonna Matt's gonna take this lead and just he's gonna keep marching, marching forward inex- inexorably towards his victory. And getting that Simpsons trivia belt that we're <laughs> Um, that's it for trivia. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. Uh, this episode is real bad. Don't, I really don't like it. Um, I'm going to put it real low. I mean, I, I, I am, am as well. My question is, do we put it in the offensive episodes? <laughs> 
or does it, you know, vault out of that on the fact of it's just the same offensiveness that's happened before? No, I think I think this is the beginning of the conversation to me, Matt. Um, I think it is. It's absolutely in the four hundreds. Um, I think it is in that area. Yes, the pits, the dregs, the sewer. You might say um, it is more like I think our starting point is: is this better or worse than three gays of the condo? <sighs> And the other very offensive homophobic episode. That episode is more over the top in its homophobia and its lazy stereotypes. However, I don't think it's that much different than this episode, which pretends it's smarter than it is. I actually think this episode is probably worse because it thinks that it's better than that. It thinks, oh, you know, we're making a character, uh, an episode about gay characters. You know, they're uh, you real people in this. To quote a <laughs> Jason Bateman, the f they are. <laughs> They're not. It's the same jokes, and they're trying to play them off as being better, like you said. And I that makes this infinitely worse, in my opinion. I think this is worse than the frying game. I think I agree with you. I think this is worse than Three Gays of the Condo. I think this is worse than the frying game, um, which is one of our another litmus tests, right? The Screamy Pillar. Yep. I'd rather watch the Screamy Pillar episode than this again. Um, yeah. We go. We're just going down this list. Um. Okay, I will point out, I think I would rather watch this than Bart Mangled Banner to give it a lower bound. Ooh, really? I mean... Really, Matt? It's been a long time since I saw Bart Mangled Banner. Because mm. I was actually going to, like, Goo Goo Guy Pan. Wow, all the way down there. So it is worse than The Color Yellow. I believe that is the one where Lisa helps uh, an enslaved person escape. I mean, yep. That is... I, if you're if you're asking if I think that this episode is also that terrible, I might. Yeah, I think so, Matt. Like the color yellow is really bad. And I think the color yellow is a really good comparison point because it also thinks it's clever. It also thinks it's more progressive than it is. Right. It's full of like, oh, we're not racist. Here's a bunch of racist jokes. This is episode's yeah. like, here, we're not homophobic. Here's a bunch of homophobia. <sighs> yeah, you're right. Ugh. That's exactly what it's the same thing. So like it's and like. I'd rather watch. I I think I think it's like I think this is worse. Yeah, I think this is worse. That's true because I I would rather watch the manatees than this. I would absolutely watch. I'd like I hated Bonfire the Manatees. I'd rather watch it than this again. Um, and like I think I think it's worse than the color yellow. I think it's worse than Stop or My Dog Will Shoot. I think it's worse than My Pods and Boomsticks. I think Google Guy Pan is worse than this. That is where I think I actually do end up. I would say that this is right below my pods and boomsticks and right above goo goo i pan like i this episode's kind of it's just gross right like you watch it and yeah it, when you watch an episode and it, it it i think it's disappointing like i don't know i watched season 15 of the simpsons i just expect it right i expect it to be disgusting and I think, oh, season 22, it's past 2010. They're doing, like, oh, it's Matt Selman. Like, oh, I expect this, you know, like, oh, they are going to do something interesting, right? And this, I, we talked about this episode as potential, right? If you center, a, especially if you center it around Smithers. But it's just, you're like, oh, I thought you were better than this, right? I thought you, I thought we had gotten past this stuff. But it, it's not. And then, and worse, it pretends that it is. It acts like it has gone past it, and then indulges in it, right? And it's like it. And like I said, like I use. I don't know if I've said a word. I think I have said it. It feels insidious. 
Because it feels like someone faking, yeah. like pretending to be your friend. Oh, right. Like, oh, we're your, we're, I'm your friend. I would never be this way. And then they punch you in the stomach when you're not expecting it. Right? You're like, oh, oh, you're mm-hmm. still the same. You're not, this isn't any different. You're just wearing, like, oh, you put on a different hat. You put on a disguise, try to pretend. But it's not. I mean, that's where, I mean, that's, like, it's not the worst of the worst, but the, everything down in this pit is unwatchable. And that's, I, that's what I would call this amount. This is unwatchable. I'll never watch this episode again. No, God, no. I mean, pretty much anything below 300, I don't ever want to watch again. But, like, still, this is extra bad. Yeah, so that we're good with that? I'm good with that, yep. Okay. That is Flaming Mo. What an episode title. Uh, and, like, that's... Flaming Mo's... When did... When, that was episode... What, season four, right? The Flaming Mo's? And they... In the 90s, I would go, okay, they make that joke. Flaming Mo's. It's 2011, and they title the episode that. And you're like, is that a joke? Right? Like, you think that's funny. And I think that's, like, a perfect encapsulation of this episode. Like, they think they're so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Good on God. Good God almighty. So that is Flaming Mo number 300. So, so two, no, 442 on the list, right below my pods of boomsticks, right above Goo Goo I Pan. Number 249 in our post-going years ranking. It is... Uh, seven episodes from the bottom of the list, which is, that's a hallowed ground of crap, of utter garbage. Um, we have one more thing to do before we go, Matt. That, that, that is one final question. The question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! Good God, yes. We don't need to debate this. Fire the cannon. Goodbye. Uh, less said about it, the better. I'm already sick of talking. I'm sick of talking about it. Uh, this episode is probably much longer than I expected it to be. Actually, it's not so bad. Um, we can work our way down, ask the same question about every episode on the list until we've answered about everything. Right now, we're at number 148 on our list, Matt, which is Home R, which is the mm. Homer Becomes Smart episode after Mo takes a crayon out of his brain. Ooh, that's a good question. Hmm. It's canon. It's, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, I feel like that's that's canon. Again, this a is a really not, good episode about Homer's opinion of himself. It is. It is Homer gaining a an amount of self reflection, an ability to understand who he is and what he is. And it's not a great episode. I don't certainly don't like it as nearly as much as I used to. I think that's the one thing that changed when I when we rewatched it for the podcast was very much like, oh, this isn't as quite as good as I remembered it, but. It is still valuable, and it's still very, it's still funny, and it's still a beacon in season twelve, um, which is a, at that point the show had already gone off the deep end and it, it nose died off a cliff. Um, it's still solid um, and enjoyable, and uh, the canon is not necessarily is it a perfect episode. It's more like, oh, should you watch it? Should we talk about it? Yeah, yeah, we should. Homer's fun. Homer is a fun, good episode. Um, so it stays. Our next episode, Matt. I certainly hope it is better than Flaming Mo. It is Homer the Father. What? Homer becomes obsessed with a 1980s family sitcom and starts acting like the show's father. Huh. Okay. That'll be interesting. I am. I will. I am fairly confident, Matt, that this episode 
that Homer the Father will be better than Flaming Mo. Oh, well, it, yeah. That, sure. So, I like, you know, at least it'll be better, right? Right. And that's, yeah. That's, I'll take it. I'll take it. At this point, Matt, I'll take it. Um, you can find this listed at our website, the Simpsons Show.com. Includes links to all our stuff, to our, our, to our Twitter and our, our RSS feed, and to our Patreon if you want to help support the show. We'd obviously appreciate it. Um, you know, hope keeps the lights on, pay for hosting, all that good stuff. Um, you can find me online at Robbie Dorman everywhere on all social media. I'm Robbie Dorman, uh, buy my books, Robbie has links to everything. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. If you want to follow me there, uh, my newest book is called war on humanity. It's a sequel to war on Halloween. You should go read them both, read all my books. They're all, I think they're really good. If you really, if you want my take on a, a, a character, a gay character, it's called Death Rattle. It's probably it might be my best book. I often say it's my best book. It's certainly one of them. Um, go check that out. It's a good. I think it's a really good vampire story. Uh, my next book is about is a zombie book. It should be coming out this year. Uh, I'll have pre order information for it soon. If you follow me on social media, you see all that stuff too. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is correct. I spend all of my time taking care of kittens. Uh, they are huge now. They are practically a quarter the size of a regular cat. So I have to be watch out at all times for the attack that it's going to take me down. If you would like to see the bloody aftermath, uh, well, probably not that bloody. I mean, there's still kittens. Uh, you can check them out at kitten turns, K I T T I N T E R N S on Instagram. You can see them being adorable in between their horrific attacks on me and most of my feet. Named after new mutants characters. That is correct. Little Wolfsbane magic and mirage. Although there's no K Matt on magic, oh, I uh, I did not uh, write the names down. Um, right. mm. I, for once, I actually got naming rights. Magic without a K, so you know. I know, I know. I, I will ha- I will have that corrected with the okay, you know good. the supervisor. Good, get that put in the work order. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> I'm Robbie, and I'm Matt. Anybody said it? Shh.